Do you ever find yourself asking, why isn't this taught in school? My entrepreneurial and parenthood journeys really highlighted the gap between what the world needs and what our schools are actually teaching, and how woefully unprepared most people are to achieve their greatest dreams. The people truly winning in a postmodern economy have a different set of skills that aren't taught in school and are privy to information not taught to the masses. With that in mind, we invite you on our journey to glean from the world's most successful leaders and icons of industry, the real skills the next generation needs moving forward. We are on a mission to help teens skip the lunch line for the front line of a movement, empowered with the knowledge and skills needed to thrive in a fast-paced, dynamic, ever-changing world. This is Skippy Lunch Lines. We're glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to Skipping Lunch Lines. For this episode of the podcast, I will be featuring a part of my interview with Cody Laughlin. Cody is the host of the Money Talkers podcast and has extensive experience in the world of banking, real estate, and entrepreneurship. This is part of a larger discussion I had with Cody where we talk about raising financially literate teens. You definitely want to stay plugged in to the podcast so you can catch the interview when it comes out. Now let's jump into the conversation. Well, Dara, now what do you want us to do? You want us to teach dollar cost averaging in school so that people have an understanding of what it is, why you buy stocks when they go up, and why they better go down? If a 12-year-old can learn it, then I'm pretty sure adults can learn it. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, <laughs> like, why aren't we teaching this in there? You know? And so that's the whole point. Like, so uh, I have a question for you about that. I have yeah. a question. So I, I saw some research and forgive me, I don't know where I saw it, but it was basically saying that uh, financial literacy in the classroom is not actually effective. So I was wondering, like I have my own feelings about that. So I was wondering from your perspective, do you find that to be true or not? Yeah, so here's what I would say on that. How is the financial literacy not in the classroom effective? Right, yeah, it's not. Okay, so <laughs> you're going to tell me it's not effective in the classroom, but, you know, social studies, trigonometry, calculus, um, you know, civics, uh, you know, English language. Really, how is that working out for all you texters, right? <laughs> you, ever get a, you, ever, you, ever, you ever have your 16-year-old your, your write you something? Because it's going to come out in a whole bunch of stuff that just sounds like words, right? And so yeah. you're going to tell me that it's better to, you know, worry about the subjugation of, of nouns as opposed to, look, I don't know how to get car insurance. Like, I don't want to get fleeced when I go buy a car and get smashed by somebody charging me 24% instead of, instead of waiting, having a down payment and getting a four or 5% uh, mm -hmm. interest rate so that I don't pay, you know, I don't buy a $10,000 car and end up paying $20,000 for it. I pay a, buy a $10,000 car and I borrow enough money and I pay 11 or $12,000 for it. And I'd start this cycle. And I do it the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So if it's not effective, why are we doing all this other stuff? Like the, you, you, I could argue all, anything that we teach in high school is not effective, right? But at least this point, we could open up to the kids who are interested in seeing it and we could give them the tools and we don't deny them the tools that they're going to get to do these things. Because not giving them the tools, that's the most least effective thing that I can think of. Right. I guess some right? of the argument is that it's better taught at home, which... By who? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> by who? Like, by, by the people who we home. didn't educate from it in the first place? Like, so mm -hmm. listen, so you want to talk about rich get richer, poor get poorer? 
right? That's exactly. So <laughs> if you're in the poorest neighborhoods, like you're going to get the poorest financial advice, mm -hmm. right? And so, because if the people in the poorest neighborhoods had great financial advice to give, they'd probably be living by great financial advice in the first place. And so if you're going to get this taught at home, I would call that the least effective uh, strategy because it's like anything else. People will give you advice. Every single person on this planet will give you advice, but it's up to you to determine if that advice is worth listening to or not. But as a kid, when the only person you have to turn to talk to is your parents about this advice, you're going to take that word as gold. And it's, and then for most of us, we either got the advice and it was bad or we didn't get the advice and it was also bad. So in my family, we talked about entrepreneurship. So guess what? At 24 years old, I opened up my own company. At 27 years old, I was a millionaire on paper. At 28 years old, I was bankrupt because I knew zip zero about personal finance and I didn't have anything saved and I had debt through the nose, right? And because that's what we talked about. I never talked about mm -hmm. budgets or anything else. Like I can ring the bell and bring the dollars in. That's what I needed to know. Right. And so I would say it's not better taught at home. Yeah. It's probably better taught at home if you're a Rothschild, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but you know, 50 to 60% of Americans couldn't handle a $500 emergency shock right now. They don't have enough money. They don't have a thousand dollars in the bank account. Right. It's like yeah. something like 60% of Americans don't have $1,000 put away in an emergency fund. We're carrying an average of $32,000 in car loans. The mm. student loan debt just passed $1.5 trillion, right? It's mm -hmm. more than car debt. It's more than credit card debt. And why do you think that is? Because the government's backing them. And so they're giving away loans to people that have, and, and they're giving them to kids who have zero financial education and don't look at the long-term costs of this stuff. And they're not really looking at whether this career is going to be able to pay for this money that I'm borrowing. And then, oh, by the way, borrow whatever you want because it's backed by the government. And so you can't default on it. You can't put it in bankruptcy. Oh, and if you don't get a degree, guess what? You still owe the still last owe three it. years, yeah. right? You borrow $70,000 to get three years worth of education. Oh, oh, and by the way, the money that you borrow, oh, don't it's worry doubling. about those payments. Yeah, don't worry about those payments, right? Because we won't make <laughs> you pay for anything while you're doing it. Here's your bill at the end of it. Bam, double what you borrowed, right? And then you're okay. like, well, how is this fair? Well, guess what? It's not. And guess what you can do about it? Nothing. Yeah. Good luck. Can, yeah. And then right? it keeps doubling. Yeah. It keeps doubling. <laughs> yeah. Here's your minimum payment. Oh, a hundred bucks a month for a hundred thousand dollars. Great. Where do you think the rest of that payment's going? It's going on the backside of that thing. You're never ever going to get out from underneath it. And mm -hmm. so now what we're going to do is not only are we burdening them with this of like, it's going to be tough for them uh, to be able to justify the money they already borrowed that they can't put into bankruptcy. You know, bankruptcy was actually a blessing that one of our forefathers put into this thing because it allowed people to go out and chase dreams and borrow against things that, you know, borrow against ideas and, and chase and try and expand. And that's why we ended up with the most entrepreneurial country in the nation, in the, in the world. Yeah. Right. But on the flip side of that, it hurts really bad when you have to file bankruptcy, but it also hurts the people who lent the money. So the people who lent the money are more cautious and they make sure that the underwritten, the, th the people who are borrowing it. Mm -hmm. But if you take away that ability to, to file bankruptcy, the lender has no um, qualms about not lending as much money as they possibly can into you because they're going to ride you and you're going to work for them for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. you know, until you pay that thing off. And so if you're going into a profession and you have no idea what you're going to do with that job, you know, that four-year university, that private university that's $35,000 a year, 
they're it's it's a tragedy what they're doing you know because the idea to be able to borrow into the schools and and on top of that we're we're charging kids i mean it's outpaced um inflation and wage growth like i don't know what it is like seven eight to one what the cost of college has gone into Mm -hmm. i know this there's about the same amount of college kids in these colleges right except for that some of them expanded but there's about the same amount of kids in the colleges and there's about the same amount of teachers and administrative staff. So we're borrowing money on the kids' backs and these kids' costs have, you know, gone up sevenfold. Where do you think that money is going? It's got to go to the administrators and the teachers, right? Mm. Who, you know, who, mm-hmm. who are, are professors and that kind of stuff. Man, they're pulling big bucks or they're going to endowments, you know? Like mm-hmm. Harvard, I think, has like a $9 billion endowment. It's a hedge fund. Yep. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't need, it's got $9 billion interest alone on that's like 90 something million dollars a year, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where like, I don't understand how you can lend money to kids carte blanche to let them go and rang up this debt, but teach them nothing about debt. Right. How is that fair? No, right? they do have the exit interview when you take out the loans, you know, when you're done with the student loans, it's like, Oh, Here's your exit interview where you're going to tell you now how you got to pay. <laughs> that needs to be on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Before they well, take the loans out. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't worry about that. That's for, there's no payments. That's all you hear. There's no payments, no payments, no payments. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about the actual debt. There's no payments. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, that's, a, well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming to be on my podcast. It really means so much to me uh, considering hey. our, our missions are so aligned. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for having me. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a really commendable mission. I also want to thank your listeners for listening because uh, that's how information spreads, right? Is that we have to seek it and hopefully that they are. And if they are, then hopefully they're making a difference in their communities. And I challenge them to do that. I challenge them to have money talks with their kids, you know, and if you're interested, um, you know, the podcast is the money talkers as well. Um, and the Facebook group is also under money talkers. You just search the search bar and then on Instagram, there's, there's quick hits. But I, like I said, uh, we knowing information is not power, right? That's the saying is information is power action after you have the information is power. And so I challenge you, if you're listening to this is to get out there and take action and make a little difference in somebody's life. You are powerful enough. You do know enough. You do know enough about finance that, you know, if, like you said earlier, even if you've done the ways not to do it. But get out there and open the dialogue. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you got anything positive out of the conversation, do you mind leaving us a five-star review on iTunes? Doing so will allow other parents to help their teens create a life of fulfillment and joy, abundance and impact. Until next time, don't forget to help your teens skip the lunch line and live life on their own terms.